Whoa there, horsey! Just before we get into the podcast, I want to let you know about a free event that we're running full of SMH and behaviour strategies that you can use to support the kids that you work with. It'll run on Tuesday the 11th of June 2024 at 7pm London time. We're going to take a real world behaviour issue submitted by a member of our community, pull it apart and offer solutions and strategies. And this month we're focusing on strategies for supporting pupils who become overwhelmed and go into freeze in the classroom rather than fight or flight. Our aim is for you to Walk away with lots of actionable ideas and insights that you can use straight away in your school. Plus, it's completely free. We're limited to 300 spaces, though, so grab yours now before they're all gone. I'll put a direct link to the registration page in the episode description. All you've got to do is tap on this episode in your podcast app. You'll see a link to the webinar. Follow that link, enter your details, and boom, you're done. Can't wait to see you there. The introductions of things like den building were incredible. We, we took it off the back of doing one of the national days then building and that just gave children the creativity to build whatever they wanted to role play in different areas instead of this historic oh football is what happens on the playground. We then just got into the creativity the same with actually some of the other arts and games. We would start off with children not knowing how to play traditional board games By the end, they are the ones that are teaching other children how to engage with these games as well. So it's just being able to let children experience things that they might not necessarily experience outside of school life. Welcome to the School Behaviour Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Corrigan. My co-host is Emma Shackleton, and we're obsessed with helping teachers, school leaders, parents, and of course, students when classroom behaviour gets in the way of success. We're going to share the tried and tested secrets to classroom management, behavioural special needs, whole school strategy, and more, all with the aim of helping your students reach their true potential. Plus, we'll be letting you eavesdrop on our conversations with thought leaders from a around the world so you'll get to hear the latest evidence-based strategies before anyone else this is the school behavior secrets podcast hi there simon corrigan here and welcome to another essentials episode of school behavior secrets where i share with you one important strategy or insight from an earlier interview episode that can have an impact for the students that you work with in your school or classroom in this essentials episode i'm going to share a section of my interview with tim Davies. Tim's the learning mentor at Conway Primary School and he talked to me about what he was introducing at Conway to enhance playtime and lunch times. So the more engaging and the practical steps he took involved in creating systems and an environment that leads to successful break times without having to break the budget and all with the benefit of improving behaviour in school. Here's the part of the episode where he talked about some of the changes that he had implemented and the impact these had had on children's behaviour at playtime and during lunch. Now, you've changed the outside environment quite considerably. Can you tell us what kinds of changes you made? I'm not just thinking here about the physical environment, but also what kind of systems you've got in place. The playground is is quite raw. We have made improvements physically with like fake grass. There had to be a lot of changes in the outside environment. So talking about what we provide would and the normal would be, it was zoned off into lots of different areas. So just using cones that we actually had in the school building and we'd zone off for specific activities. So we'd have football or hockey, basketball, cricket. We introduced the friendship zone, then equipped play leaders with 
games and activities and equipment, as many things as we could so that they could expand using their little workbooks to be able to make sure that they had games and activities for people to engage with. We also expanded into the school building, so sections for reading or art, board games, as well as specific homework groups. As for making this happen, there would have to be a lot of investment with dinner supervisors, first of all. We had to grow their confidence and engagement in their zones. Specifically within the rotors, they would rotate every half term, so we didn't have members of staff just becoming experts at one little thing. That sounds like a more sort of proactive role than they were doing in the past. How did you find that affected the relationships between the kids and the adults? Yeah, they were positive straight away. So alongside of insets, we invested with the supervisors, with the Beacon Successful Supervisors training. That gave them a lot more confidence and consistency so that actually children wouldn't necessarily be running to the one or two members of staff that were dealing with behaviour, but they would be going to the person who was closest to them. And that was really key. There were some dinner supervisors that would just love it on certain rotations. So you, you get a lot more engagement and positivity from so that improved relationships yeah what kind of activities did you find that the students engaged in the most the introductions of things like den building were incredible we, we took it off the back of doing one of the national days den building and that just gave children the creativity to build whatever they wanted to role play in different areas instead of this historic oh football is what happens on the playground we then just got into the creativity. The same with actually some of the other arts and games. We would start off with children not knowing how to play traditional board games. By the end, they are the ones that are teaching other children how to engage with these games as well. So it's just being able to let children experience things that they might not necessarily experience outside of school life. Den building sounds very cost effective. <laughs> I mean, people think about changing the environment often they're thinking about putting in climbing frames or specific play areas that are really expensive but the things you're talking about seem very financially accessible it was really vital to just look at what we had resource wise and look at these zones and go right what activities have we got what provisions have we got how can we utilize these zones that children can engage them that we're not having to spend lots of money so it was really important when building the zones to make sure not only the staff knew what was happening in each zone, but then actually educating the children and educating that they should move away from this idea that football is the only thing that you can do outside to then having the children running out on the playground and then telling you, oh, it's Thursday. That means they've got hockey in this area. How did you do that? Was that something you did solely outside or was that something that you prepared them for inside with the teachers? What was your approach? First of all, it had to be the staff had to get their buy-in until they got their heads around it. It was then being able to communicate it to the children. So obviously through assemblies, um, through the dinner hall, when they're queuing up for their food, displays just clarifying the different activities and different areas. And obviously just being able to use the older children as the uh, ones to update the younger children with what's happening um, and especially with play leaders as well. So on a daily basis, as the person who's coordinating this, what kind of practical steps do you have to take to make playtimes and lunchtimes successful at Conway Primary? First would be making sure you've got your full staff in. Obviously, when there were changes of attendance for staff, then obviously that had an impact to the provision. 
Then it was just the practical of making sure people are in place. Communication is really important. So we would have radios because you can't imagine that everyone can see each other or speak to each other. And then making sure resources are still in place. So you've been through a big change. You put in all these zones, all these different kinds of activities to engage the kids. What has been the impact on behaviour at playtimes and lunchtimes? At the same time as investing in the lunchtime supervisors, the senior leaders of the school were reviewing the behaviour policy. And within my role, I've been able to support children with interventions where behaviour may have escalated to an extreme. But to be able to provide clarity of escalation within the school system and phase leaders and class teachers, that's really helped bring consistency for the children. So actually, we don't have the opinion or approach of one individual, but we've got that unity which just helped provide clarity to every member of staff of the escalation process and to see what the first engagement should be with the children. If you're looking for consistency, children are just the same as adults. They want to know they're being treated fairly, not differently to anybody else. Initially, we would then think behaviour had escalated then prior to the zones because we had this way of recording and impacting behavior rather than it just going unseen unnoticed but then once children have now got this knowledge about how to repair a problem so for me the interaction is really important when people reach the word sorry instead of just going sorry that's the end of it great move on carry on playing there needs to be more of an interaction so it sounds like the mixture of sort of guided conversations and repeating those conversations over time, that's kind of improved the kids' social skills and their empathy. Is that right? Yes, it takes time. It can feel like a hard slug at the start because you're thinking, actually, I've got to deal with all these behaviours. I've got this, not script, but this pattern to flow through in your mind to be able to bring that consistency. Children then know where you're going if they are repeat offenders and that they can start answering the questions and preempting what they need to do to resolve the problem. Children are very, very equipped to be able to resolve these problems themselves. How have your new systems impacted on engagement at playtime and lunchtime? How has it affected the incidence of low-level behaviour? A lot of the low-level behaviour is recorded. It's not resulted in consequences other than maybe timeouts for a few minutes. But then once the children have experienced that a few times, they're like, it has just improved that family feel to go, you know what, we are all still Conway family. We are still Conway children. And that was Tim Davies talking about practical ideas and strategies for transforming playtimes and lunchtimes at school. If you want to hear more, head back to episode six. I'll put a direct link in the episode description. And if you've enjoyed listening today, do please remember to rate and review us. It takes just 30 seconds. And when you do, it prompts the algorithm to recommend School Behaviour Secrets to other listeners. And that helps us grow the podcast and reach other teachers, school leaders and parents with these ideas. And while you've got your podcast app open, remember to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. Thanks for listening today, and I look forward to seeing you next time on School Behaviour Secrets.